up, everybody? It's Jalen and Steve with Good Company. Welcome back. Thank you guys for listening in. Today, we're going to try a little something different. We're going to have two segments. I'm going to bring something to the table. I'm going to fill you guys in on something that uh, either I've been reading uh, or just thinking about. Uh, and then uh, we'll discuss that. And then we'll, we'll hop on Steve's tip. And Steve is going to run us through something that he's got for us. Just a tip, guys. Just the tip. Not not the whole thing. Not the whole thing. But we'll give you just the tip. See what you think. <laughs> just just a little bit, you know? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. And so, and yeah, we'll, and then we'll discuss that. And uh, hopefully we'll have a really uh, productive sesh here, man. You ready? Of course I'm ready. Goddamn right. You ready, brother? Let's get into it. <laughs> All right, man. So I want to fill everybody in on something that uh, I've been reading about uh, this past week, thinking about uh, and just having some like real life experience with. And it is the fact that after you set goals and after you put out into the world what you want to do, you can expect adversity. One hundred percent. Right. Know that it's coming. And so I want to break it down. Um, the three adversities that I think are most prevalent, right, are considerations, which I call second guessing, fear, and roadblocks. The first two being internal, right? You create those. The last one being external. And so let's jump into it. Second guessing, I think is something that is going to be the most uh relatable uh at least for me uh this jumped off the page when i was reading this in 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 the book um that i'm currently reading which is uh principles of success uh by what is it jack camfield is that what it is success principles success principles wow Wow. let's let's fix that sorry dude sorry sorry (laughs) success principles jack camfield right um and so he talks about considerations and it's, it's basically second guessing yourself after you set these goals, things like, um, you know, if you want to double your income or lose weight or, or whatever it is, immediately we start getting this self-talk. And I think that's, that's how it resonated with me most is immediately you start second guessing or you're in your head about stuff. You know, it's like, you know, I won't, I want to raise my salary by X amount, but then I might not have time with my family or I want to lose 20 pounds, but then that means I have to get up two hours earlier, right? Like that self-talk, that negative, just like crap starts happening in your head. And, and so why do you think that is? Uh, self-preservation, man. That's what I think it is. I think, I think we don't want to push ourselves, right? So the ego or whatever it is, the, the self-preservation in us wants to keep us status quo. It wants to keep us comfortable, right? Yeah, so you're talking like the evolutionary side, like I, survival kind of stuff? or uh, I, think, I think part of it um, because survival is being safe right? That's the best way to Mm -hmm. survive is to be safe. And so we think so much um, that if we're safe, we're, we're good, right? And 
<laughs> we are good if we're safe, Jr. Uh, but but see, here's <laughs> the thing, though, is that like you you are good, man. But com- so the best way I could put it is comfortable is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. And mm-hmm. I think you're at your best when you're growing. So if you're going to stay put, you might be safe. And it, it it is arguably a beautiful place. But there is going to be no progression. There is going to be no journey, journeying out into the unknown and finding yourself or finding things that you enjoy or finding what you want to do as your life's work. There's not going to be that. And so I guess it's like that compensation, right? You can stay safe. You can stay in the place where it's most comfortable, but you're giving something up. And as long as you're cool with that, then that's fine. But if, if you want more, if you want a higher standard of living, if you want to look and feel better, if you want to uh, progress in your career, then you will have to inevitably journey out of that safe zone. Well, it's like you're saying that it's kind of more of a facade, right? That that you're safe because what happens when something comes along, I like the example of like trees, the wind or lack of, of moisture in the ground is what causes them to sink their roots in. Right. Mm. So then when something does come along, they're ready for it. So if we avoid those adverse opportunities or obstacles, then when something real does come along, like you said, a goal or something and you have an obstacle, you're not ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I think, I think a lot of it is self-talk is what I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and learning how to quiet that down um, is huge because it's, it's a real thing. And, and the way that I've found to quiet it down is to combat it with positive self-talk. It's almost like, you know, there's two wolves, right? Which one are you going to feed? And so if you're not feeding the good wolf, if you're not building him or her, then then the negative one, the bad wolf is going to take over. Right. Because that's mm-hmm. that's naturally instinctual in you. Like I said, it's the safe zone. It's trying to keep you there. Right. And so positive talk, man, I cannot stress it enough. Whenever you're up in that in the morning is when I'm most vulnerable, when I most deal with it is, you know, that negative talk starts coming in, those considerations, those second guessing thoughts of, you know, like, man, I set this goal way too high, or maybe that's not achievable, or like, why am I even, you know, stressing about this, like, it's fine to, to weigh 300 pounds, it's all good, right? (laughs) Like, no, dude, you have to come back at it with something, you have to keep reminding yourself why you set those goals in the first place, what it is that you're trying to do, how you're trying to challenge and grow yourself. And so you you keep coming back with it, you keep coming back with it, you know what I mean? Like, it's like jabbing, right? They throw one, you throw one. They throw one, you throw. You got to keep affirming it. Mm-hmm. You got to keep keep going over it in your head. And so that's what I. That's my main thing. Yeah. Well, I like that because I was, I was thinking about the other day, um, just like you were saying, where it's like it's like exchanging blows almost, right? Or like if you're on a football team or rugby, like you think of that scrum or whatever it's called when they're pushing back and forth. Yeah. It's the same thing in sports, like with physical things, whatever, as it is with mental stuff, like you're saying, something comes with a negative, oh, this could happen, or, you know, all your plans could fall apart, or you, you know, all these detrimental things or negative things, you could fail, you could be embarrassed, exposed, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, you have to blow right back with, I will 
achieve this. I will overcome this. I am this. And sometimes, and, sometimes yeah. you got to be scrappy, right? Maybe, sometimes it's not blow for blow. You sometimes you're getting your ass beat, right? And you got to be scrappy. Like, and, dude, remember the fight in Vegas that we saw? Yeah. Blue, blue shorts. She was scrappy. 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 And because she felt. Taking on the champ. Yeah, dude. Taking on the champ, right? She was like, fighting right the champ. Right now, neg- negativity is, uh, is, is probably the champ in all of our lives. It tries to be. It tries to be, right? It's, so, we, yeah, we got to get scrappy with it. Yeah. So fight back, man. Punch back. Um, combat that negative talk with, with some with some positive self talk. It's it's a beautiful thing. It works. Uh, I've experienced it firsthand, I'm, I, and I know Steve has as well. So second thing, fears. So this is different than second guessing things because I think the first one, which we call considerations, is thoughts. These are feelings. Okay, the feeling of being rejected, uh, the fear of failing. The fear of doing something, failing, and then worrying what people think about you. Like, those are actual feelings that you can conjure up. We can, we can all relate to what those feel like, right? And so, I think the biggest thing I want to say about that is, like, that's just part of the process. Like, that's what it is. Those mm. fears are real, and it's okay to be afraid. It's just not okay to be a coward. Let me say that again. It's okay to be afraid. It's just not okay to be a coward. Like, you need to ante up. You know what I mean? You got to mm. dig inside yourself and overcome those fears. Because that's the only way you're going to break through. Man up, woman up. Put on the fucking armor and let's go. You know? Try me. You you know what I mean? Like that's the mentality that needs to come out. Has and, to be. Right? And so that's how that's how you get after these fears, man. Again, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be afraid. Like those things are natural. Everybody experiences it, no matter what level of success you're on. The difference is who's brave enough to keep going out there, right? Who's brave enough to to confront the dragon, right? So fear, man. Yeah, because it's hard, man. Like when you, when you start having adversity, you want to kind of back away from it, right? Because if it's like, ah, uh, this, is, this is strenuous, then I need to stop doing it, right? Like if you're holding, if you're lifting, right? If you stop lifting, you think that's going to make it easier, mm-hmm. right? So naturally we want to take our foot off the gas. But instead, we have to push through it because that's what makes us strong enough to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that's what my dad told me for a long time and didn't make sense to me. He's like, I'm hard on you because when things get tough, I want you to push back harder. I yeah. want it to trigger a response of increased intensity rather than decreased. Mm-hmm. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all mental at the end of the day with those things, with fear. I mean, fear in reality is just mental warfare, I think. And um, you need to prepare for war, and and then you also need to be on the offensive, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, yeah, so that's a beautiful thing. And I hope our listeners are, are, you know, eating this up because this has been huge, again. Because I think everybody sets goals, but then... If, if you can, if you can expect what's coming, right? 
if you can expect these things or if somebody could put you on to these things, uh, it's much easier to deal with, man. So the third thing, bro, the third thing, roadblocks. So again, these are the only external ad, uh, ad- adversities that uh, uh, you could expect because the other two are internal. You you create that. You have full control over that. Roadblocks, not so much. External factors, um, you know, you open up a shop, it burns down. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> Damn, right? Um, you know, your your car breaks down on the way, of, way to the meeting, right? Big ass meeting, your car breaks down. Um, your rent got raised. Uh, your biggest account goes out of business. Things that you cannot control. These are things that the world deals you, the universe deals you, God deals you. Um, and I honestly think, man, uh, these are our biggest opportunities because I like to think about it as um, seeing how serious you really are about your goals. I feel like God deals you certain cards or the universe deals you certain cards. And it's almost as if he is looking for a response. How are you going to handle this? Is this going to be enough to stop you from what you really want? Because you said what you really wanted when you wrote down that goal. Is this going to stop you? Is this all it takes to derail you from that goal? You know, and that's how I think about it, man. And so if we can, if I could challenge people to reframe the way they think about those external adversities that like when they first happen, it's normal to feel like they're out of your control because they are. And I think, but people, I think, take that too far. I think it's, it's out of your control. And therefore you ask like, why me? You feel so helpless if you Mm -hmm. let yourself, right? You become a victim. Yeah, it's easy to victimize yourself. It's easy to feel helpless because it is out of your control. So let's be real. It is, right? But it's like, how do you respond? What are you? What action are you going to take to combat what just happened? Because, yeah, you can't control that. So what can we control? Let's focus on that. It's strategy, man. I do this in business planning when I, when I plan out my, uh, my goals quarterly, yearly, whatever. Strategy, right? Strategy at the, at the, at the most basic definition is how are you gonna focus your resources on your most critical issues that's what strategy is so if i could just challenge people again to reframe adversity external things that may happen to you on your on your road to success um i think it's a game changer man i think if you look at it like this God, man, it's so empowering, right? Because now you could actually do some shit. You could do right. something about it. So, um, yeah, man. I think, too, that people were quick to point the blame outside, like you're saying. Right. But I, I think a lot of our obstacles come up uh, due to our neglect. Mm. I think a lot of them are self-imposed. Um, like you, one of the easiest examples, I think, is health problems. People develop like type two diabetes or they have anything like that. And then they, they say like, Oh God's just really sending me this difficult obstacle and I have to overcome it. And it's a trial and a, you know, and I'm like, I I see what you're saying, but at the same time, how about the 40 years of shitty eating? You know, do you think that played a role? (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Like like you gotta be honest, right? Are they really external or not is basically what you're saying. Right. Let's be honest. 
And there's some that are for sure. For right? sure. But then like you're saying, if you've done the internal work, you don't view them like that. Mm. So one of the things I liked you saying about that is that um, if we accept that we can change how we respond to things or we can, we are the cause of them even, which is why I like looking at it internally. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing is then you can be the solution. If Absolutely. you're not the cause, then you have no power over it. But if you are, yeah. to some extent at least, then you can change it. And Absolutely. so that should not be discouraging, but encouraging. Right, right. And I think my biggest point, though, was just just that when it is truly external, when it is the, the, the you know, um, the, the shop burning down after you just opened up your, your cupcake shop of your dream, you know what I mean? Like mm, yeah. when that mm. does happen, those are opportunities to respond because they were truly out of your control and your response is key. Your reaction mm-hmm. to that adversity is the absolute most vital thing that's on the table at that moment. It's true. Right. So, and I think too, that I think we have to remember that we don't always know how things, I I think you have a plan, you have an idea of what you want to work, but we don't see how beautiful things can be. And I think God knows better than we do for what we want. Right. So as we try to get there, we think we know the the path and the journey is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Right. We think we know how we're supposed to get there. Mm-hmm. And then what what we don't realize is that there's a lot of holes in our thinking. Mm-hmm. And so God likes to kind of tie ends. Right. Tie loose ends together. And I think I look at obstacles more like course corrections. Now mm. they're more like, Hey, that was great. You, you, but you're way over here, man. Let's, let's just turn you back a little. And okay. Now you're going straight. Good. Yeah. And, and I think that helps me to realize like, okay, what can I learn from this? What am I, that's why I like to continue to look and see what could I have done to prevent this or how can I respond to this or what is this teaching me so that mentally I can respond better or how can I learn from right. this? And then it's always going to just help correct you towards that destination you're seeking yeah yeah i I love that too because i'm a firm believer in like uh, roadblocks like you said can be course correctors right um uh that cupcake spot that you opened up you might have been paying way too much rent for that and then you get into something else and how many times have you heard that you know what i mean where like Mm -hmm. something something horrible like that happens but then it ends up working out in such a better way and that yeah. like it's it's cliche it's it's a truism because oh, oh. it's true though you know what i mean because it's like dude or that happens or or it freaking it gets in the newspaper because it burns down and everyone hears about this cupcake shop and the community rallies together to help you and then you get huge pu- publicity from it and now you go yeah. off to a super big opening as soon as you reopen with everything and then now everybody knows about your shop talks about it and whatever like you just don't no, you just don't know, dude. And we could go so on for days about positively, this. yeah, yeah, and enthusiastically, Hell and yeah. everything's gonna work out, yeah, no matter what. That's it, man. Got to keep that faith for sure. It's important. Hey, well, that's it for my thing. We got to move on. Um, let's you move on. Filled in, <laughs> did I fill you in? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I think we're gonna play with some different names, but I like Jr. Filling you in. It sounds appropriate. Does. <laughs> All right, let's get to our next segment, man. Fine. Are you gonna pay for your lunch? Just the tip. Oh.
All right, guys. Just slow down, okay? It's just the tip. Not the right? whole thing, though, Steve. Just <laughs> Okay. What I want to talk to you guys about is something very important, something that we all have. Well, it consumes almost a third of our life, sometimes more, most of the time less, which is the problem, mm-hmm. and can impact our function, mood, emotions, productivity, more than just about anything else. Mm-hmm. And that, my friends, is sleep. Sleep. I knew it. Sleep. I knew, you it. knew it, right? I, I saw it coming. I know you did, dude. I saw it going. And the reason I feel this is so important is because for the last year, I've been uh, probably dramatically uh, sleep deprived. And uh, I really, <laughs> and you feel I, it. You feel it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You really do. And But at the same time, you, you can keep going, mm. right? So, like, I got, you know, let's see. I'm, I mean, I'm sleep deprived right now. I think I got four and a half hours of sleep or whatever. Beast. And uh, – you, what's crazy is you can, this is what got me on it, right? I was yeah. like, I can go. It's crazy. My sister, she's got to sleep eight hours every night or else she's groggy. And like, I'm just like, dude, I slept three hours last night, put in 18 hours uh, of work yesterday and uh, I'm good. What, what's up with you? What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and that's my, men, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, dude, it's, it's that I macho can. mentality, dude. It is. I can be like that. I can't, dude, we'll sleep uh, like Schwarzenegger's like, dude, sleep faster. Right. <laughs> and all you know, all these people, it's always going towards that as if it was a sign of machismo oh, or productivity yes. or, you know, and I'm going to pose some things. Um, this is, this is a, this is a talk with myself as well because I'm going to take my own advice off of this. I'm going to make this a huge effort because sleep is incredible. I'm pulling a lot of my sources from Matthew Walker. Um, it's it's a book he wrote called Why We Sleep, uh, as well as he has a really good podcast with Joe Rogan. And mm-hmm. you can get a really like – I mean it's – I was going to do the audio book, but I didn't like who was reading it. So like <laughs> – how do you sound? How do you sound? How do you sound? I, dude, I can't even remember. It was a long time ago. Uh, so I would I would love to break it down for you. I will next time. Yeah. But um anyways, yeah, let me let me kind of get in here. But the podcast with Joe Rogan's really good. Yeah. Look, I just want to make a real quick comment because you on on the whole machismo thing, like I even fell into it, right? With the whole like four hours of sleep beast, right? Like, no, dude. It is so crazy how, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what, but like being half Mexican and Sarah's, you know, my wife's family, uh, like these guys pride themselves on how little sleep they can get. And it's so counterproductive and just so absolutely ridiculous, dude. It's uh, It's crazy. It's insane. So yes, just, I want to hit that, but go ahead, bro. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, yeah, because like you're saying, counterproductive, because we think that we're we're actually doing more if we sleep less, but the opposite is true, right? Yeah. Here's some statistics I'll give you. So they recommend anywhere from seven to nine hours of sleep, minimum is seven hours of restful sleep, okay? Mm-hmm. And that is because if you go below that, all of a sudden, all of these motor skills and mental capacity, cognitive functioning, all that stuff dramatically suffers. And in the, the more sleep deprived you are, the worse it gets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you do get more than seven, well, let's see, 
I'm trying to think. Do people respond better to negative statistics like, oh, my gosh, or positive ones? What do you think? Should I? How should I spin it for them? You know how I like it. You do. You like it negative. I like it. <laughs> Tell me what the fuck I'm going to do if I don't do this. You know okay. what's going to happen? Less, less, less than seven hours of sleep, and you will see a motor skill function reduction by 20 to 30%. Mm. That's just right under seven hours, and you start already seeing that. 20 right? to 30%. 20 to 30%. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your time to exhaustion increases by 30%, or I guess reduces however I want to say it. Like you'll get, you'll get tired or exhausted 30% faster, yeah. right? Insane. So if you're, if you're running a mile or whatever. And this is normally, less than seven hours. This is less than seven hours. Jeez. Time to exhaustion reduces by 30%. Okay. So let's say, yeah, I, I like the way the guy posed it. He said, if you're a boxer and you have 10 rounds and you could be in the best shape ever, but if you got less than six or seven or whatever was hours of sleep the night before your fight, you'll get tired in round seven, whereas before you were getting tired in round 10. Mm. So it's a big deal, right? It's huge, man. Another thing is it causes you to crave unhealthy foods. They've shown with studies that when they sleep deprive people with less than seven hours and put them in a buffet, all of them tend to lean towards unhealthy, high sugary carbohydrate foods. No mames. Are you serious? Yeah, for real. Okay. That's it's, so it's huge, and, dude. Because it <laughs> go ahead. And finish. they ate an average of five hundred calories more than their counterparts. Okay? Mm. It's a big deal. It is um it is an absolute game changer when you start realizing how valuable your sleep is. When we were at Oregon, I don't know if you were there for this, uh, but they there was a summer uh, training camp uh, right before we got into season where they were monitoring our sleep. And we had uh, people come in and talk to us about athletic performance in regards to sleep and it was some groundbreaking stuff at the time i think in the athletic world um like very few people were really seriously onto it it wasn't mainstream um but it was so beneficial because my productivity my uh quality of life um has increased so much just because i had that foundation to build off of Mm -hmm. And so this stuff is real, dude. I mean, I can speak from experience. I am a baby about my sleep. And, uh, <laughs> dude, I am for real. I'm it's a, good. It's yeah, good. I'm a baby. No, dude. you should, you should guard it. Like it's the freaking most valuable thing you, you possess. Dude, my, my daughter has a strict bedtime you know, because I want her to create good habits but I also want to be able to sleep myself. And, like, she sleeps in the bed, dude. <laughs> she, we got her on the bed, and that was a huge priority for us. On her own, right? On her bed. Yeah, in her bed, on her own, mom and dad have their own bed. You know what I mean? Because it's bad yeah. enough that you sleep. Like, honestly, if you want to talk optimal, it's bad enough that you sleep with somebody else in your bed. Like, the whole sleeping with your wife, it's great. It's cozy. It's nice. It's fun, right? But, like, if we're talking optimal sleep, you guys should have your own beds. Little excessive, but whatever, you know, it's uh, it's a huge deal when the baby's not there too. For you know, well, the us single childless people will figure that out soon, I'm sure. <laughs> so for those of you who don't have one, don't feel like that was totally unrelatable to you alone. And uh, there's other people with kids out there. 
I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, uh, I'm just trying to steal it back, dude. My sorry, gosh, it's sorry. I'm trying to give just the tip, man. Dare's trying to I'm gonna fill edit, him in. I'll still. edit all this shit You're out. Still, you don't have to edit it out, dude. It's good. Go. People need to hear it. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I want to, I want to switch gears for a second, though. I'm up. I'm up. Come at just a little bit like that, you know, and then I'm gonna pull back and go back to the statistic stuff. What's interesting, and he poses a really good question, is if we're looking at sleep from an evolutionary standpoint, it makes no sense. It does not serve any function that normal evolutionary standards or patterns would suggest would support, right? as well as the amount of calories and the mental expenditure, things like that, that it takes and dreaming and stuff like that. Or maybe it was dreaming. I can't remember, but it's like, it doesn't make a lot of sense, right? Because you're vulnerable. Your, um, your, your mind's going crazy at night. It's, it's 30% more active while you're asleep, um, than when you're awake. So there's all these different things. But when you hear about, and I, I hope I got that right, dude. I may have butchered that and misunderstood, but I'm pretty sure he was talking about sleep. It could have been just dreaming. Um, but what is the purpose of it, right? And to me, when we hear a lot of, of these spiritual experiences or um, you hear of the mental capacities that are increased while you're sleeping and the regulation and all these different things, it's it's really interesting to think about what the purpose of sleep could be. If, if you don't believe in God, what caused mother nature to force us to sleep, to need sleep? Because people get, I mean, hallucinogenic after a short amount of sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy that they were following. He was reporting from times square for three days in a row. And he started thinking, uh, like there were spiders in his shoes that secret service, some guys walked in with coats and he thought it was secret service. So he ran out into the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like crazy stuff after just a couple of days. So yeah. What is it with just, the phenomenon of sleep? Right. What? Yeah. What you is know? What and, do you think it is? And the bridge between, I, you know, I don't know. I'd have to look at it from a more spiritual standpoint. Yeah. Um, because if I do, then I realize that my frontal cortex or a prefrontal lobe, whatever it's called, <laughs> that thing, your your consciousness, right, is lowered. It's it's put to sleep when you go to sleep, right? And your subconscious mind is able to kind of run freely, and it allows you to learn different things, right? It's the time when the thing that you learned from that day is brought into the pool and homogenized with the rest of your knowledge. But I also think that when people take hallucinogens and things like that, their experiences are very much tapped into their subconscious mind. And, and those are the spiritual experiences that like Shaolin monks get when they meditate. You know, the brain waves have very similar patterns in sleep, hallucinogenics, and, uh, and meditation. Mm. And so I think it's, well, I better check on the sleep part. I know the other two are right. Um, I think it's spiritual, man. I think it's a reconnection. I think, um, as well as I think it's nice to refresh the day, mm-hmm. but I think the biggest function is like connecting to a higher power. Well, yeah. And it's so symbolic. I mean, people talk about death as the eternal sleep, right? Um, there's a lot of mythology surrounding that. And yeah, it is, this ain't just a tip, man. We going, 
I'm going deep now, but, I know. Yeah, but that's how you, that's how you coax them in. Anybody uh, knows. Uh, no, but seriously. So getting back on this, I mean, um, I think it's extremely spiritual too. And I think it's, uh, it is a phenomenon. Um, and there is definitely the biological part of recharging your system. But like you said, it, it almost seems counterintuitive. Um, uh, but yeah, I think in like, I, I'm a firm believer that dreams really mean something. And I mean, listening to Jordan Peterson, this is probably one of the reasons why. And I know there's scientific evidence out there that will, will like, will not support this. Or people say that, it, you know, uh, the, um, legitimacy of dreams or the sim- symbolism behind them, it doesn't have any real grounding in science. Like I, I get that, but I, it's so complex and consciousness is so overwhelmingly complex that nobody has really figured it out. And if anybody's claiming to, I'd really love to hear about it. Um, but the fact of the matter is we don't understand it completely. And so anybody who says they do is lying. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, so if, if you don't know too much on it, just take my word for it. Like it is an extremely complex JR subject. Okay. I, I know, <laughs> listen, JR no, knows. I know this, I know this, I don't know much, but I know this, that it is an extremely com- uh, complex subject in which we really don't have much information about. Like I know uh, neuroscientists uh, have d- dove into this field, like trying to explain it with, um, you know, the different functions of the brain and how it relates to conscious. And they, they really don't have a grasp. Nobody really does on what it really means to one, be awake and be, uh, aware of things in your life. And then, and then how it ties into like what Steve's saying, stuff like what Steve's saying is like when we sleep and our subconscious becomes a little bit more, um, vulnerable or malleable or, uh, are active you know what i mean and uh, same thing with like psychedelics dude that's why they they interest the shit out of me is that like (laughs) there's studies right that uh people on their deathbed have been given um psychedelics uh and i think it's mushrooms i think it's shrooms not like acid or anything like that um and they have psilocybins yeah psilocybins right so people on their deathbed, which is mushrooms yeah yes so people on their deathbed have been given psilocybins and there has been an overwhelming positive response to their trip right where they either come out of it feeling more at peace with death feeling more um uh fulfilled in their journey of life um and this is overwhelming like positive responses like needless to say there's some negatives right it's not all great but like to say that it is the majority positive that's some kind of evidence that i can't ignore and so that's why i think i would agree with you is that there is a very spiritual aspect to sleep because even if you want to take it back to the more practical sense like you said like you're better at resisting temptation you're more energized you feel and experience more joy when you're well rested and those are all things that we could talk about you know affecting our well-being down to our very soul sleep's a big deal man it's i just wanted to pose that question real quick change shift gears because it's i mean it i think that empower or i guess that 
puts greater emphasis on what we're trying to say about the importance of when you look at it, you're like, yo, dude, we don't even know how important it is. Mm. We see cognitive function. We see um, physical improvements, you know, when you sleep well, but it can go real deep. Who knows? So mm. we'll pull you back out. Let's get we'll, out of here. We'll leave just the tip. In. Let's get out um, of here. <laughs> <laughs> you promised just the tip, man. And I okay. always promise just the tip. Go ahead. So sneaky bastard. Okay. So how I'll bring it back is saying that when I was, you know, looking at my past year of sleep and thinking like, dude, am I just Superman and I can just go without sleep because I don't feel groggy four hours of sleep, whatever. I'm good. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like, but what I started to notice was it's not that I, I feel uh, groggy or lethargic, but more so that I feel apathetic and less enthusiastic. So I stop caring as much about a lot of things, or I tell myself I don't care as much. I don't bring the same emotion, and I definitely don't bring the same amount of enthusiasm to things. Mm. And enthusiasm is probably the most important thing I think that you can have in your life as per like a, an emotion that you're feeling or whatever. You know what I mean? Like mm. something that you can conjure by yourself and just produce and just emit that energy. To quote my boy Emerson, nothing great was ever done without enthusiasm. And I've thought about that a lot. And I totally agree with him because we all know the enthusiastic, energetic, just positive person that brings that juice, that charisma, and things just happen for him, man. It's infectious. It is. So I was like, yo, if I'm trying to do these big, exciting things and I'm not doing what it takes to get my enthusiasm levels high, I'm not going to get it. Sleep is a key because I can drag ass, be, be, I mean, for 18 hours a day, all day, every day, for for a long time, mm-hmm. right? I've mm-hmm. proven that the past year. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, but it's not getting me exactly where I want to be. Whereas when I go to bed at 1030 and I wake up at 6, 630, whatever it is, I feel juiced. Yeah. I feel ready. I feel good. And then I am quick to make decisions. I am quick to say no to things I don't want. I bring good in energy and enthusiasm. We all know you can be out there. Like I just, I was at Costco and I just decided to like give this guy a tip on uh, picking out strawberries because I had four cases of them in my, in my cart. And uh, all of a sudden now he's like inviting me to come down to his company potentially supplying his company with some drinks. That's how you know what I mean? like, yeah, because if you're not well rested, that's all it takes. you're not going to take the time to fucking help somebody out with some strawberries, right? <laughs> like, no, you're not able to yeah, dude, like, yeah, dude, get out of my way so I right, can take my berries. <laughs> right, yeah, it's it's so true, man. Like that energy that you're talking about, like unless you're well rested, like, yeah, like you said, you can do monotonous things and you can you can trudge along at a very uh, low productivity rate, but you can do extended hours. Yes. But it is so not comparable to the amount of productivity and the amount of juice that you bring when you are high energy level, dude. Like, oh, um, no comparison. No comparison, man. And, and and the reason is, like you said, man, it it's something that you can give, right? Like if your cup is full, then you can fill others cup fill other people's cups right like 
you that energy is you're able to transmute that onto other people. And and we all know, like you've all been in a room where somebody's come in juiced and that energy's great, right? Like if you ever work out at these like boot camps or whatever, if the, if homeboy who's putting on the workout isn't juiced, if he's not getting after it, done. you ain't that done. done. Like nobody wants to be there. Like it's funny, my sister went to go work out, right, at this boot camp. She's trying a new boot camp, and she was like if I'm going to wake my ass up at 4.30 to get to your class at 5, I need some energy from you. She was like, this guy was flat, dude. This guy was no, like, no he chance. clearly didn't get enough sleep, right? <laughs> so, And if that happens one day, right? She's coming in new, whatever. She's not coming back, right? Yeah. Very, very likely she's not. Or else she has this sour taste in her mind and she's like, mm, this guy never brings the energy, right? And yeah. she like pegs that on him. So like you have to... You have to bring the juice and sleep is I've found the best way to naturally just have juice, to just wake up juice. Yeah. Right. I'm going to bring in Abraham Lincoln. Bring him quick. in. Quote Master Flex. Okay. Go do it to him. He says, if you give me five hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first four sharpening the ax. <laughs> I think that's excessive. <laughs> Damn, Abe. Is but, it? But is it? it's the point. He's making a point, right? right. Yeah. So if you have, I think, dude, Daryl Hawkins, go listen to his interview. He made a great point. He said that he had this huge, uh, what do you call it, dude? I can never remember the name. It's like a board or something he called it, or like a, a, a little presentation thing he had to make. Uh-huh. Um, sorry, Daryl. But he had this thing he had to get ready, and it was you know, he had to wake up early in the morning or whatever. There wasn't much time, right? Mm -hmm. He decided instead of staying up all night to work on it, he would go to bed and wake up early so that he had the faculties and capacities for him to be ready to prepare that in his full function, cognitive ability, whatever. Like he, he knew Daryl needed the juice. Well, yeah. Staying up late wasn't going to give him the juice. And guess what? Daryl was on that same team. Right. Where Chip Kelly brought in the sleep mm-hmm. experts, man. So that that foundation, I'm telling you, like that is it Chip sounds the ripper, Chip man. the Ripper, bro. The like, homie. You know, they better do something at UCLA, man, because uh, that guy's that guy's dope, man. So I'm, I'm excited to see him. But anyways, back to Daryl. Lute. That's that foundation. And if you're able to make those decisions, like he said, no, man, I'm going to go to sleep. So I'm sharp. Right. Mm. I got to get X amount in. So at least I could be I could be tip top. We have opportunity for you with Nike, but you have to be ready for an interview the next morning. I was like, all right, cool. I can be ready. And they're like, yeah. And you have to have like presentation materials and have a deck built and ready to go. I was like, are you kidding me? Tomorrow, presentation deck, worthy for Nike to be a designer. Like, I mean, I've heard of some 24-hour, like, stress tests, but this is pretty next level. I'm pretty sure it's only 12 hours, actually. So so what is, like, a, a deck? What is that? Uh, so specifically, uh, within the design world, a deck is kind of like, if you've ever seen a PowerPoint or PDF presentation where it kind of lays out your design aesthetic, your styles, um, just different work that you've worked on. And kind of where you see or where you want to take uh, that program to the future. That's it's like a portfolio. A, yes, a portfolio. Okay. Yep. So that's the the essence of that. So did anyways, you have those things ready? Like, did you have a bunch of things that you'd already 
did you have to create a bunch? Like, yeah, how, what was this process? Uh, I had to make it all from scratch pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, buddy. So luckily I had some stuff or at least some ideas that were in the back of my head. However, uh, it put me to the test, right? So 10 o'clock at night, hung up the phone. And then after that, I went to sleep. Cause I was like, there's no way I'm about to stay up all night and then show up to this interview, like not with my head on right, because I knew for a fact, like I'm not going to be able to like piece together all the visuals for this presentation. It's going to be more important to talk about my thinking and how I speak to my process of like what I do and then build an entire presentation deck that kind of just supports what I have to say, because that's the great thing about an interview it's not necessarily about the visuals that you bring all the time even though that is a lot of design but more so it's about how your brain works and that's what you get to share as you're conversing with someone you totally counterintuitive right totally. you're like and i'll run out of time i'll run out of time i won't be ready i won't have this and that i can't do it i'll just and it's like no man mm. it's so false it's swinging a blunt axe like a baseball but you're basically swinging a baseball bat at a tree instead of using an axe Stupid. So sharpen it yeah. by sleeping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And listen, and this is this is advice only if you want to be a high performer. Like uh only if you want to be a badass. Okay. <laughs> seriously, if you don't if <laughs> you're not trying you to do be that super enthusiastic, look at, full yeah. of energy, yeah. charisma, love life, feel good, get all your dreams and goals done. And uh, whatever you were saying to JR, throw yeah. it at him. Yeah, Kill dude. him in, dude. Yeah. Listen, man. Look, high performers, man, that's what they do. Like if you haven't um, there's this book that really was like huge for me. It still is. I, I refer to it, uh, all the time, but it's uh, high performance habits by Brendan Burchard. He lists energy as one of the six top habits that high performers, uh, take care of. And they, they put in like a huge amount of emphasis emphasis on is, is the energy that they're able to bring. And that's why they, they work out like high performers in any industry work out more than three or four times a week. They, they take care of their bodies. They eat differently. They, they realize how infectious and how powerful bringing that juiced up energy is. And so, um, yeah, man, like, again, this is only if you want to be a badass, only if you want to be a high performer, only if you want to get shit done. So we've told you all the reasons why it's important to sleep, right? Or at least we've tried, not all of them. We've tried to emphasize the need for sleep. I think we okay. did a good job. And, well, let me throw this in too. The guy, Matthew Walker, the neuroscientist guy, mm -hmm. he did say we're extremely subjective when it comes to whether or not we feel we are rested or not. Mm -hmm. Like we will, it's kind of like a drunk person who says, ah, dude, I'm good, I can drive right? Mm. They don't realize how drunk they are or how impaired they are. Mm. Same with us with sleep. So you can think you feel good, but until you get real sleep for a few nights in a row or whatever and normalize your sleep patterns, you won't know how good you can feel. You're just standard. Your level of what feels good is just skewed. Mm. You know what I mean? You're you, just, you're just wrong. You've okay? never, you've never, you, you've never felt wrong. it. You've never felt how good you could feel. No. So that's why we're giving you the tips so you can get the whole thing. Now, actually, I'm going to give you several tips for better sleep. Let me hear it. Okay. Well, 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 okay. So I'm talking like restful sleep too. I want you, it's one thing to put in the hours, 
but it's another to get restful sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're going to feel juice, get the mm-hmm. juice. So uh, this is Matthew Walker's thing. He says the number one thing he would suggest to people is to normalize your schedule, as in make it a routine to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time. As close as you can, try to get a schedule, kind of like Jared was saying earlier, right? Important to get that schedule. Um, and then another thing is he talked about how blue light from screens delays the melatonin response, which is that like whatever hormone that makes you fall asleep by three hours. Get off of Instagram before you go to sleep. Stop looking at that damn phone. Three hours, right? Now I've always wondered, I was like, okay, why is this blue light stuff? I had to find this in another book. Freaking Walker didn't come with this one, dude. So he's not the source for everything. <laughs> Just kidding. So where are you at, Walker? Um, <laughs> so he probably talks about it in his book. But one of the things is that retinal stimulation from the blue light or from because if you think about it, right? Instagram is one of the most stimulating things ever. Or like movies, it's flashing lights, fast moving stuff, whatever. All of that, if you're looking at it from an evolutionary standpoint, you're out in nature. If you saw those things, that's immediate danger, right? Especially at night. So what it does is it invokes that fight or flight. Hmm. And so you you start producing cortisone and different things, the stress hormones and stuff like that. And um, so it's it's terribly important to make sure that you don't get on, I mean, like preferably it's three hours, right? But it's really like at least an hour before bed. Oh, dude, I got a good tip for this. And look, yeah, that's three hours before bed. People are thinking like, dude, you're crazy. Constantly we're on our phones, on our computers. This is something that you can kind of do to meet halfway. There's a night shift mode on your phone and on your laptops and, and desktops that will take out the blue source light from the display and and we've all seen it when like uh the screen turns like a little amber it looks a little orange there's uh you know they they do this in um in aviation right so the instruments for the pilots on the helicopters and the planes when they're flying at night they're usually orange if you've ever if you've ever seen mm. that and and there's a reason for that because it it doesn't affect your eyes as much as that blue light it's actually very very soft and soothing um and it doesn't uh like it doesn't like blue light wakes you up right and and mm. so these so we am- want to put our pilots to sleep right yeah <laughs> well, we don't we <laughs> don't on, want man. we don't want them well it's not it's not it's not so much that it's soothing. I guess it's so it's it's that, you know, it's not we're not having a bounce back and forth it's between not alarming. It's it, not it, it's not fight or flight response. Yeah, stuff. it's not what's the word I'm looking for, man? It's not um stimulating. It's not stimulating. That's what it is. Um and so it's easier on the eye so they're able to kind of like move between their instruments and back up to the windshield and not have to adjust, right? Cuz you stare at a blue light and you walk into a dark room like Steve was saying, you can't see shit. But if it was all that sepia tone and stuff, your eyes are going to be able to adjust much quicker which with much less uh, 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 strain or struggle to get there. So that's a little tip right there. Use the night shift mode on everything. Dude, my, my stuff comes on at 8, 8 p.m. 8 p.m., my screen automatically on everything, sepia tone, amber yeah, light. Yeah, you got to be on. 
do that, right? Like choose the the lesser evil kind of thing because it's best to just stay off completely. But if you got to be on it, then try to choose those and then it'll make a big difference for you. So uh, let's let's move on, though. I think that was a great tip, JR. I appreciate it. Just a tip. Um, so next we're going to uh, so I'll just go through some quite, you know, quite quickly. Eat no later than one hour before bed. Right. It's best to go to sleep. Not too hungry, not too full. Right. But try to be conscious about that because digestion is very complex. So if your body's spending all of its energy digesting, you're not being able to recover and, and get restful sleep. Eliminate caffeine at least. I mean, you'd be able to say, I'd say in general if you can because it can be exhausting on the adrenals, but especially not after, what would you say, Jared, like 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock, something like that? Dude, I'm super sensitive to it. I can't have coffee after 3 p.m., um, but if you're an old Mexican woman, uh, chances are that you can have coffee anywhere up to five minutes before bed and be fine. Okay. So there are those superhumans out there. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, dude, my grandma, my mom, it's like, every, dude, it's so funny yeah, and it holds, it holds pretty true. So See, I will eat, I will eat I that mean, be sipping coffee right before bed. That, Right. And I mean, it's cool that they can do that, but we don't know what it's doing to like their adrenal system and stuff. Right. So yeah. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. No, right? no, no. Absolutely. They're, out there for everyone I, else who wants to become yeah. superhuman like your mom and grandma. I'm going to advise <laughs> against it. Yeah, okay? no, for sure. Right. Because like just because they're able to get to sleep doesn't mean that that caffeine isn't uh, producing some type of chemical reaction in the right. brain that's that's not allowing them. To sleep. It's huge. Huge. Yeah, I'm putting in sure. the hours. Putting in the hours doesn't mean restful sleep. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's very important. Use dim lighting, like lamps and candles, right? As the sun starts to go down, shift your lighting in your house as well, because that's going to give you that natural response to let melatonin start to release, and you're going to find yourself falling asleep. It, it will help prepare you for sleep, so you will fall asleep very quickly as soon as you get in bed so if you have a hard time falling asleep use dim lighting it's get a nice lamps it's a nice way to set the mood Dude, too just saying him uh, gosh cheers <laughs> himalayan himalayan pink salt lamp dude game changer right i don't know what light it produces or whatever but at night it's perfect so well, things it, like that it's great yeah you yeah. can set the mood for yourself too yes um i think Reading before bed is great. Huge. Um, I've, heard, I've heard recommended that uh, fiction is usually better because it's not causing you to think of life problems and solving and trying to stimulate your brain like that, but it's more story, creative, things like that that's going to help you, or maybe not even creative, but just it's going to remove you from your day-to-day and take you to a different place which will help you to relax a little bit more. Um, writing in your journal is big time. If you feel like your thoughts are racing everywhere before you go to bed, if you'll write them down by expressing what you're thinking about or trying to reason through them or whatever in your journal, it'll compartmentalize it, put it out, it'll take it, remove it from your head, put it on paper, and that stress will kind of disappear. Not eating before bed, but I'm not too hungry before bed, right? That's important. Um, and then 
that journal just comes in big time and breathe deeply, right? If you're having a hard time too, just take some deep breaths. I find that you can do a simple pattern of four seconds in, hold for four seconds, four seconds out. So if your mind's all over, just focus on breathing and the, just counting those four second cycles. I mean, it's crazy. You'll be up before you know it. So sleep, guys, if you want that juice, if you want that mojo, if you want to be healthy, happy, I mean, a million different things. Even get spiritual on them. Sleep. It's huge. Huge. Get your get your seven to nine. No less. Aim for eight. Aim for eight for Aim real. Aim for eight, man. You will be more productive. But I'm speaking to myself, okay? I'm not like preaching we'll, we'll just, I'm bad at this, we'll but do, I'm going to be good at it. Right? Yeah, just try it. Like commit to three nights. Three nights of eight-hour sleep with, with, the, with the tips from, from Steve. And like... Dude, report back to us because this shit is a game changer, man. It is. It really is. Hop on the tip. Find out how good it can feel. And you'll figure it all out. (laughs) My baby just woke up. Good company. Hey, thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe. Um, Please hit us up on the Instagram if you got any questions. We love y'all. Love uh, the interaction, man. Seriously, we will answer you back. Hell yeah, dude. We we uh, we're having a great time doing this. So I hope everybody could benefit from it, and uh, let us know what you think. Good company out.